0: Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan.
1: And on today's episode, we will be covering the case of Richard Kuklinski.
0: That's such a strange last name. It is. Kuklinski. I felt like I had to prepare to say it. Kuklinski. I just feel like it comes close to Monica Lewinsky, (laughs) and so now that's all I'm going to be able to think of when I'm doing this, is his last name is Lewinsky and not Kuklinski. 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 Anyway. So, I start my new job tomorrow. You do? I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I'm not telling anybody what I'm doing, but it's just, it's different. It's me back working with the general public and not in a factory setting anymore. Right, right, yep. And we all know that I really like being around people, so I'm excited about that. Yes, yes. You know, and so, you know what else, though, that I'm excited about? What's that? Our callers. Oh, our callers. We have Julie K. Ashley E. And Brad F. Thank you guys so much for being callers. Yes, thank you guys. But not to backtrack. Oh, okay. Other things going on. Oh, what else is going on?
1: Well, today, the day that we we're recording, a little happy Valentine's Day to everyone.
0: Oh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Also our hearts are out to the families of msu yesterday there was a shooting on campus and nothing has come out yet as to why the shooter did what they did everything right now is just speculation so i'm not an msu fan if i had to pick a team i would say michigan but i my heart is with them for sure and so you know you don't ever want to see that happening and it was kind of terrifying when my grandma wrote me at ten thirty last night saying you gotta turn on the news. Right. You know, you just you don't ever expect to see that. So also, this is our final episode of the season. Yeah. I'm so excited. We are getting ready to go into that next season and we are not going to tell you guys what it is. Until next week, right? So you'll have to tune into our one-year episode, yeah. Our one next year special week, episode next week is one year. What? Can you believe it? We've that, been around for a year. Oh, that is just crazy to think. I mean, I know that we had like a couple of weeks here and there that either one of us wasn't here or things like that, but that's life. That's to be expected. Yes, but I, for the life of me, remember us starting this whole idea and this process. Two years ago, right, right. And just then, the talk of it, right. And then we went in and started recording and doing this, and that wouldn't have happened without our family and our friends. You know, the investors that we've had into all of it, and so there'll be more about that next week. But you know, just we're excited, and this is happy. You know, fun. <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. We talk about horrible, horrible things, <laughs> but this is this is a fun thing to do each week for us. You know, it's different and it's new. It is. It is.
1: And then, one more final thing.
0: Oh, okay. You want to tell the callers about your new obsession with your video game? No, I don't want to talk about how many hours they put into that game. Oh, man. I meant like 53 hours. That's really bad. That's a lot of hours. But you've been enjoying hours. it. I have been enjoying it. I know that there was a lot of backlash about it. Listen, if you like something, continue to like it. Don't always follow the crowd. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. I don't have to mention it. Just because somebody else says that it's something doesn't mean that's what it is. Exactly, exactly. You need exactly. to always explore things, always go out and get the information on your own. Just because somebody on TikTok or Twitter has said it's this, doesn't mean it's that. True story. Alright, callers, as as Keith mentioned,
1: welcome to the season finale of Murderous Entertainment. Like I want to put a yay to that, but I feel like yay is not the right answer. <laughs> right, right. And before we begin today, I wanted to let you callers know that this is going to be our first time of our podcast where the season finale episode wasn't predetermined.
0: No, actually, the first episode that we did of why Scream became a movie was originally going to be our season finale. Yeah, and we flipped it. We did, and we did that because we knew that the new Scream movie was coming out in the near future and we didn't want it to seem like we were banking off of right the popularity of the movie and so we we had to switch things around and we went shit what do we do we don't have a season finale anymore we've used it so you guys heard our season finale episode one and now this is the new season finale yeah we did manage to find an
1: interesting case that we feel is season finale worthy make you question some things
0: I feel like almost all of our episodes could probably be season finale worthy. <laughs> right? But we always just are like, oh, this is like the pinnacle of this this topic. Right,
1: right. So with that being said, let's jump into that trusty time machine for the final time this season and head back to the 1980s to the New Jersey, New York areas where these crimes
0: occurred. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when you're dead. Cannot be held responsible for any lost limbs. For a couple episodes
1: this season, we covered some background history of our culprits, and today will be no different. Now, we are not telling you all this to gain sympathy, but more to raise awareness and make you think and question if childhood traumas can be linked to why someone can
0: do the terrible things that they do. So I 100% believe that you are responsible for your own choices when you become an adult. Absolutely. <laughs> However, with that said, I also believe that you can have trauma that happened in your life as a child, even as an adult, that influences your decisions to do horrible things later on, but you're still in charge of doing those horrible things. right? Because you do have free will. You have the choice to not do it or do it. It's all really on you.
1: And in today's case, I feel like out of all of them that we covered, this Richard Kuklinski had one of the most horrific
0: childhoods. I mean, I'm sure. And I guess I want to add this too. I've said this to you before. Everybody has a story and it depends on how you tell it. Exactly. Are you going to be the victim or are you going to be the survivor? Exactly. You know, and so and it doesn't mean that you can't be a victim and a survivor at the same time. I know those are really weird lines to like blur. You can be a victim of something, but you can also be the survivor of that victimization. Right. So, Richard was born in 1935 in New Jersey. Both of his parents were very abusive towards him and his siblings. His father was the worst of the two. He was an alcoholic and would beat him regularly. In fact, one day after having drinking, Richard's father beat his older brother so bad, it ended up killing him. So, can you just imagine? That's gotta be a really bad beating.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that would be a bad beating. I feel like at that point, it's not a beating, that's a murder. That That is 100% <laughs> a
0: murder, but I, f- I, I feel like that has to be one of the hardest things to witness, because you, as a child, you can't stop it. Right. You know, is, is him being a child witnessing this. There's not much he can do.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's you true. know,
0: and so it's got to be a lot to see somebody do. And now you get the mentality of, is this okay to do to other people? Because yeah. I, I have to ask, does his dad go to jail? Nope. Over this, okay, so even more so, he sees this happen and goes, oh, nothing happened to my dad. Oh, very good point. There's no repercussion. There's no repercussion, so now this is okay to do this. Good point. After his father killed his older brother, he ended up leaving the family. This only left his distraught mother. She believed kids should be raised in a strict household, which meant more beatings for the kids and more regularly. Kind of like that whole kids should be seen and not heard attitude is what I'm <laughs> yeah, getting from yeah. that. Well, this one, I feel, okay,
1: I do understand that about, you know, kids being raised in strict households, but for the more beatings, I feel it could have been, okay, You, she still had three other kids trying to raise now by herself because right. her husband, her former husband, just killed one of them. Right. And she's probably like, I don't even know what to do, I'm... It's not, oh, I'm just going to beat them because the kids are assholes. It's, I'm just so stressed out and I don't know how to handle it.
0: Well, you would also think, too, she's already witnessed one of her kids be murdered. Why would you then resort back to doing the same thing that killed one of your own children? I have to find fault in that. Right. You know, why were you not pendulum swinging the other way? <laughs> and in my mind, I feel like she would have been the one that like swung the other direction and was overdoting on her children, not... Staying in the same very abusive situation the father was, and just almost taking his place, yeah, yeah. But
1: on the flip side, she could have seen how much of a beating it okay, that's gonna sound bad, but how much of a beating it took to you know kill one, and so like, she knew we're not. Yeah, well, she that's knew the line I'm thinking not it that right. way.
0: I mean, it is, but I, I understand what you're that saying, could it's, have been it, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but it is very a fucked up way of looking at it. But I do see your point behind it. So
1: Richard was a small kid, which made him an easy target for the neighborhood bullies to pick on him. So he could feel like a bigger man. He would torture and mutilate the neighborhood cats and
0: dogs. Why? Why do you got to go after the animals? Uh, (sighs) Then again, if our cat doesn't stop fucking around with some stuff in here. She's gonna go to the kitty farm. Yeah, and she'd be running that shit in a week. Yeah, she would. You don't get to be 35 pounds and not run things. Yeah. In 1948, when he was 13 years old, he stepped up his revenge tactics and took it out on one of the other kids that bullied him, Charlie Lane. In fact, Richard would beat Charlie to death with a wooden dowel. Still not satisfied because of the years of bullying, he then cut off all of his fingers with a hatchet Followed by pulling out all of his teeth with pliers to make it more difficult to identify the bully's body. Then, if that wasn't enough, he dumped Charlie's body off of a bridge. Holy shit, dude, you're doing a lot at 13. Right. How? Where did you get that idea? We are in 1948. Yeah, yeah. That's some stuff that I would think of today, not 1948 time.
1: Yeah, I guess he was smart for his age. I don't know. But, yeah, callers. If you're out there with kids, like, you're a a
0: 13-year-old. Yeah, watch out, y'all 13-year-olds, because clearly they get some crazy... ID was not a channel back then. Right. They were not... Who thinks of that? Yeah. Hey, they might see the body, got to take out the teeth. Can't have fingerprints, got to chop those off. (laughs) So, I didn't put it in this... I don't
1: know why I didn't put it in, but the Charlie Lane was part of a little gang of kids. Okay. After Richard did what he did to Charlie, he then went after all of the members of Charlie Lane's gang and beat the shit out of them as well. Not oh. to death, but damn near close.
0: So I have to ask, how old was Charlie? Did it give an age? Oh, or are I, we just assuming probably 13 or 14? I'm, yeah,
1: I'm assuming a
0: kid age. okay. Well, Richard was never charged with murdering Charlie Lane. Well, of course not. They never knew he did it. right, right, right. Was it that he told about like talked about it later on in life? Yes,,
1: uh, these crimes will be a lot of,
0: hey, guess what I did when I was an asshole? <laughs> yeah, he continued to grow up to be an asshole. right.
1: so you'll you'll see why later as we go on, where there's a lot actually not any proof that Richard is committing these crimes other than what he has said. Right.
0: And that you always have to take with a grain of salt. Exactly. Because it is, are they doing it for the clout? Which I know that sounds fucked up, but look at the confessions killer. He yep. did a lot of his confessing just for the clout and to get out of prison for like a period of time to go like travel around. Right. So is he doing it for the clout or is he doing it because. Or is he saying it because he really did it? Yeah. So for the murders that
1: we are going to be covering that he did, they were. Again, him saying that he did them, but also they were backed up for he gets recorded talking about them. And that's eventually what's going to bring him down. So I'm giving these more truth aspect, but we'll cover more about that later. Okay. Now, as an adult, around 1965-ish, Richard used one of his connections, Roy Demio, to be introduced to the Gambino crime family. Like you the mob. Yeah, you know, one of the big five mob families that was in New York. You know, the person you want to be introduced to the most, the mob. Right. And if you are unsure which one
0: the Gambino family is, it's the one that John Gotti was part of in the eighties and nineties. Listen, I'm just saying right now, if anybody that has any affiliation with the mob is listening, we are not talking shit about you. Correct. We do not want you knocking on our door. We don't want any problems. <laughs> right, right. You guys had a history at one point, and we're just talking about the history. <laughs> Maybe part of that history now. Mm. I am not saying neither here nor there. Remember, we're talking about the early 60s, 80s, 90s. We're not talking about you now. <laughs> right, right, right. So Richard
1: started working for them, and he began working for them by pirating porno films.
0: I mean,. I guess Pornhub wasn't a thing back then, <laughs> yeah, right? Somebody had to do it,
1: right? There was no internet and Pornhub. How and
0: else were you gonna see a
1: woman's navel <laughs> and her kneecaps. in her kneecap? In her kneecap, because
0: I'm sure that's the extent that porn was <laughs> at that time in the 50s, right? So, do you like the way that my my collarbone shows through my shirt. Oh, you calmed down, you harlot. I know it's Valentine's Day. You should just understand how sexy i'm being for you <laughs> <laughs>
1: so eventually he became an enforcer for them his job was to make sure that
0: gambino's family's debt were paid to them using any means necessary listen i'm just saying if you owe a debt to the mob just pay them right i i hear there's lots of like cinder blocks and meeting the ocean <laughs> right right still in the late 1960s richard wanted to be involved more of course he did right so he was put to the test by roy and he was ordered to kill a randomly selected person in the streets without skipping a beat he walked up to the random person who was just walking his dog pulled out his gun and shot him point blank in the back of the head and with that he became the gambino family main hitman This is why you don't walk dogs, people. You either find in the dead bodies or you are the dead body. (laughs) Right, right. I'm not trying to be mean to the person that was randomly killed. I'm just saying, lots of people lately, we just had it in the news here in Michigan, there was a body found by a dog walker, like, a month ago. I feel like every time we talk about it, either the dog walker is finding the body, (laughs) or now they've become the body. Yeah, yeah. The risks of walking your dog. Don't just walk your dog during the middle of the day. <laughs> then from 1971 to 1982, Richard would be the cause of several deaths, either ordered by the mob or for his own personal reasons. So, let's cover some of those victims.
1: On December 4th, December 24th, 1971, Richard shot 52-year-old bar owner Bruno Latini, three times in the head while he was sitting in his car. When the police asked the locals about a potential
0: witness, nobody said a thing. No, because they ain't wanting to get shot, too. (laughs) Right, right. On March 14th, 1980, while 36-year-old police officer Peter Calabarro was on his way home from work through a terrible snowstorm, he was hit in the side of the head by a shotgun blast from Richard. I mean, can you imagine just driving your way home, and then somebody just shoots you, and then just boom? No, I I can imagine a lot. I, I in my mind, as I started to read that, I was like, oh, did they hit him with a car? Not nah, a shotgun is so hard to aim. Yeah, the bullets kind of scatter, but yeah. That's why I kind of
1: mentioned the the snowstorm is cuz unfortunately would have been slower.
0: he was a he was a slow moving target and oh god do you know did it go through when you say in the side of the head was it on the right or left or do we know more about that of what happened with that was he waiting for the cop was this cop a specific hit that I do not know okay cuz uh, again I want you
1: callers to know that all these uh Um, victims that we're speaking about
0: they're unsolved okay because i know i know through other true crime things that there were a large majority of the times when police officers would work close with crime mob families yep And, and it wasn't saying that they were being corrupt, but I think it was almost a way to keep them in check. I mean, I think that's exactly what it was—was was the corruption. Okay, because
1: not only the police and oh yeah overlooking, were... but medical examiners will be doing autopsies and say, "Oh yeah, natural causes, natural causes." Okay, yeah, it's not. So you think this is all?
0: But I'm saying, I think originally the police worked with like crime families to like got the inside scoop to find out what they were doing, and when you'd see like informants. I think that was the original cause, and then there was corruption that happened. Yeah. So I wonder if this police officer was one of those that wasn't for it and became a hit.
1: More than likely,
0: yeah. On
1: January 31st, 1980, Richard killed 42-year-old George Maliband by shooting him to death. He would then stuff George's body into a 55-gallon drum. And he wouldn't be found for days. Why are we going back to fucking drums? Do you have a thing with drums this year? Yeah, I... No. <laughs> are you sure? I Maybe. Drums. I I would start to get
0: concerned if I ever come home one day and I'm like, look, I got a 55-gallon drum. Callers, if he comes home with a 55-gallon drum, I'm putting it all over social media. You're going to know exactly who did it. All right. Also... If any callers have a fifty-five gallon drum
1: for sale, no, please do no. not send him one. <laughs> please
0: don't, Mom. I know you're listening. Don't even do it as a joke. It will freak me the fuck out. <laughs> At some point in 1981, Richard killed 50 year old Louis Mazgay by shooting him once in the head. Then he hid the body in an industrial sized freezer and left him there for almost two years. Louis's body was found in 1983. Richard was helping to throw off the medical examiners when it came to determining the time of death that 100% would. Right, yes. You're yes, freezing a body.
1: Yeah, and very much slow down the decomp process.
0: But for two years, how... Listen, there are a lot of things you could use a freezer for. <laughs> Even an industrial-sized freezer. A body is not one of them. Don't Don't put a body in a freezer. When you go to get your Tostinos... Or your, hot, like your pizzas out of there. Then you gotta go, oh, hi. Hi, Mr. Lewis. There you are. <laughs> because now you got a face looking back at you.
1: Can you grab me that? Oh, oh wait, no, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs>
0: oh, that's fucked up. I mean, we gotta find some kind of humor. Yes, we do. If not, we cry. <laughs> On April 29th,
1: 1982 was the day 51-year-old pharmacist Paul Hoffman went missing, as he was last seen going to meet up with Richard for a prescription
0: pickup. Missing, and quotation marks. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, he didn't go missing, people. We all know what happened to him.
1: So, a little background on that one, just to show more of, like, mafia influence, I guess. Mm -hmm. Paul Hoffman was picking up prescriptions from Richard. Paul was the pharmacist. Why are you going to a non-pharmacist to pick up
0: prescriptions? Oh, I didn't even catch that at first. Right. Oh. See, I thought it was that Richard was picking up prescriptions from Paul. No. Not that Paul was like, hey, you got the stuff. That's what it was like. Oh. Paul, you're a bad man. I'm sorry you're (laughs) a victim, but you're a bad man. Right, right. Because now you have to question, are those prescriptions even safe? I am. Absolutely. Because isn't this the time when there was the big Tylenol scare? Uh I want to... are getting s- close to it? Yeah, we're getting close to that time. So why, as a pharmacist, like, you take an oath to make sure that you're protecting people. Why would you ever go to somebody that is not a government-regulated thing to do that? That makes me think that Paul has some ulterior motives... Yeah. that he was doing some shady shit himself. Or or side dealing of stuff
1: to make money, you know. People will do crazy things for money.
0: Right. I'm not here to talk shit about victims, but dude, you may have been a piece of shit. I mean, a lot I will
1: say all of our victims that we are covering
0: not the best people.
1: They were not the best people. Okay. So See? it's I don't like saying the word victim for them because they were victim and maybe they right. had they were coming but, but they
0: weren't exactly the best people and you can separate Exactly. I guess, callers, you guys got to realize sometimes you have to separate being a victim of murder and also people, your own actions have put you into a situation where you could be murdered or you've done horrible things. And you can talk about that person did horrible things. Now, yes, it's terrible that they were murdered. They shouldn't have ever been murdered. But at the same time, they can also be real shitty people and you have to address They were just real shitty people. And that is well said, which will bring us to these next two. Okay. On December 27th, 1982, is when Richard's next victim would be found. He and an accomplice, Danny Deppiner, would end up putting cyanide on 42-year-old Gary Smith's hamburger. When the cyanide wasn't working as fast as Richard wanted, he strangled Gary to death with a lamp cord and then stuffed his body under a bed in a motel, what kind of nightmare fuel is that? Could you imagine going to a motel and there's a dead body? Well, yeah. So they found the body because the don't motel. Tell you, because somebody laid on the bed and they felt it. Mo- the motel uh!
1: kept getting its room checked out, and more and more people are like, there's this foul smell in this room. Uh. And then it got found, and then there was Gary Smith's body underneath the bed.
0: Okay. So I have a question. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Okay. Did they lift the mattress up? and, like, put him underneath, or did they, like, slice open the mattress and put him into the mattress? (laughs) So it would
1: be more of a putting him underneath, I guess, because the bed was more like a a wooden box with the mattress on top, so they would put put him inside that
0: wooden box, essentially, if that makes sense. Because you know what I'm talking about, like American Horror Story Hotel, where they are putting people into the beds, that's all I'm thinking of, and I don't want to sleep on a dead bed. (laughs) Right, right. So, that's going to bring us to May 14th,
1: 1983. 46-year-old Danny Deppner, who helped Richard the year prior murder someone, became his next victim. And his body was stuffed in a garbage bag and thrown on the side of the road. See? Not
0: trying to talk shit. Not being like, oh, hey, you're an asshole. But, dude, you were kind of an asshole. What did you expect? Right, right. You literally just helped a murderer murder somebody else. Did you think that this guy was... I, if I was involved with anybody like this, I would watch everything I said and did. (laughs) Dude is clearly crazy. Yes. And has no problem murdering people, has no conscience or guilt or remorse about doing any of it. I would either, one, hopefully I was never associated, but if for whatever fucked up reason I was, (laughs) yes sir, no sir would come out of my mouth and I would be the most polite I'd bring him a Snicker bar every day. Every fucking day. <laughs> Finally, still in 1983, Richard shot a guy by the name of Robert Prong to death. The reason for his this slaying was because Robert wanted Richard to kill his wife and kids. That was the one line Richard refused to cross. He would never harm a woman or children. It is believed to, It is believed to ensure the safety of Robert's wife and kids, Richard killed him. So now he's got ethics and morals? He had this moral code his entire life, supposedly. Is it because of his dad I
1: killing think his so. brother? I think so. So Which, that was one thing he refused, and he told the boss families.
0: I'll never kill a woman
1: I'm not going to do a hit on a
0: woman. I'm not going to do a hit on a kid. I'll kill their dad and husband all day, but I'm not going to do that. So we need to backtrack to when his mom was beating the kids then. I bet you you were right. Hers was just from stress. Maybe she's not beating them in the way that we are thinking of. Robert's dad was beating the kids. She was probably spanking them, and to them, that was a beating, or how it was put was a beating, but it was probably more spanking. Right, right. So, especially if he has like such a weird code with women and children and feels so protective of them for a man that has no problem killing other people. When, with no questions asked, really, you would think that he, what do I want to say? Like, that he wouldn't care about killing a woman or a child, which is right. weird that he does, which brings it back to a whole childhood thing of maybe his mom wasn't as bad as what I originally talked about at the beginning. Right. In 1986, Richard's crimes and mobsters, mobster hits, would come to an end because the New York Jersey Attorney General Office and the ATF set up a task force and actually had an undercover agent who was working on the case for the past 18 months. There was eventually enough recorded evidence to charge Richard with murder.
1: So can you imagine there was actually a guy for 18 months trying to be buddies with this guy who had no problem killing his accomplice and his former quote-unquote friends, and he's... Going there for 18 months trying to not get killed, but be
0: his friend. I want to know how you did that guy do something wrong. What guy? The one from the ATF. Did they did he do something naughty in the ATF? And they were like, listen, you now are going to have to go spend 18 months with the craziest (laughs) fucking person. We're not talking your mother in law. I get what you're saying. We're talking Richard. And he was like, what? And they were oh yeah, remember last month when you fucked up and you mouthed off to the boss? (laughs) Now he's got a special assignment for you. Good luck. Good luck. Okay, so now that we know the ATF guy fucked up and he had to go spend 18 months with Richard, (laughs) which would be the worst job duty ever, and we know that Richard is caught, can you get us into this trial? Because I feel as if it's going to be very hard To actually pin murders onto somebody that you don't have evidence over and all you have is recording, which at that point conjecture or, you know, oh, he just said it, but it doesn't mean he actually did it.
1: Right. Yeah. So this trial is a messy one. Keep in mind, in this episode, we told you about Richard's victims. However, all of these murders were actually unsolved cases in the eyes of the police. So they did have an uphill battle. With the help of two former associates of Richard's and the evidence from the undercover agent, the jury did find Richard guilty of murder. However, the jury was not able to to determine if Richard was directly or indirectly involved causing the deaths of Gary Smith and Danny Deppner, so he couldn't be sentenced to death. Richard was still given a
0: 60-year sentence for the crime. So I need to ask, were they only charging him for Gary Smith and Danny Deppner's deaths? Correct. Okay. Because those are obviously the ones that they had the most evidence.
1: For lack of better words, and it was the recordings of...
0: What all he did?
1: Of the that undercover agent of when he spoke to Richard. Richard was talking about the burger with cyanide and all that stuff. Okay. So he had the details of how this person died, and they were able to, you know...
0: Kind of piece everything. They were able to put the jigsaw together in the best way possible. Right,
1: and enough to convince a jury, beyond a reasonable doubt, that, yep, he did it. Then, soon after the trial, Richard would end up confessing to killing George Miliband and Louis Masgay, which would get him an additional two life sentences added onto his 60-year sentence he was already serving.
0: Why would you end up confessing? You're already... Oh my god. I mean... It's gotta be just like, oh, I want I want the notoriety at this point.
1: That's what I think it is. He knew he was going to be spending the rest of his, his year. life
0: in prison, so you might as well just take the hit now.
1: And soon you'll find out why he wanted to stay in jail.
0: Oh. Oh, are the Gambinos going to come after him? Maybe. Because I feel like if you were part of the Gambinos and you fucked up and went to prison, <laughs> you're probably better on the inside than you are on the outside.
1: Right. So then in 2003, Richard pled guilty to killing officer, detective, Peter Calibro, which would get an additional 30 years added on to his previous two life sentences and
0: to the previous of that, the 60-year sentence. Did he just go to the judge and say, hey, listen, I'm real nervous that there might be a technicality here and somebody's going to let me out. And I'm going to die if I go outside of these walls. So I need to confess to another murder?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. So he would have been eligible for parole in the year 2046, but died on March 5th, 2006 at the age of 70 years old, of, according to the M.E. of Natural Causes. But it was also only days before he was scheduled to testify in court, this time against the Gambino family.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna call bullshit that that was not natural causes. i mm. I'm calling straight-up bullshit. Listen, they poisoned his food. They did something to him. <laughs> when you are that heavily involved into the mom, and you may have to flip and testify against them, at that point, you get yourself what's called a cupbearer, and uh, you have them test all of your food prior, because <laughs> if they don't want to eat it or drink it, you probably shouldn't eat it or drink it they're trying to kill you. Right, right.
1: So, as we did kind of talk about a little throughout this episode, and we wanted to bring up and discuss a little of Richard's post-arrest confessions. He was charged and convicted for a couple of murders, you know, the the five that we just covered. However, in prison, he would have claimed to have murdered up to 200 more people. Many murders in the most gruesome way possible. And then it comes down to, do we believe it? Or I do we
0: take it with a grain of salt? I don't believe it. I actually do take that with a grain of salt because I feel as if... But, okay, hold on. Do you believe he committed all these other murders? I do believe that he committed these other murders. Because these
1: are these murders are his post-arrest confessions as well. So you're Ooh. believing these, but not
0: the others? Right, and there's a reason why. I don't think he killed up to 200 people. I think he was then doing that as a show of like, oh, I'm scary, I'm tough in prison. He was scary and tough looking though. I'm right. I, I, <laughs> I don't really fucking care. But what I'm saying is, I think he was doing that as a, oh, I killed this person, I killed that person. I think where there was evidence that could lead back to him being the actual one involved in those murders that we discussed, even though that evidence was very light and hard to always prove that it was him. I feel like those are more than likely ones that he committed. Now, I'm sure that he killed more than five people. But For I sure. don't believe that he killed up to 200 people. That really does start raising red flags when people are like, oh, I killed these many people. Well, how did nobody ever catch you? How did nobody ever notice? Well, again, is
1: because mafia had the police in their back pocket. So a lot of these were like, oh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. So I and, and Richard wasn't just the Gambino family hitman. He was their main hitman. But the other four major crime families would hire Richard to take care of their oh, bidding as well.
0: Okay, well then, maybe. So he could be getting a call. I guess, let me ask you, do you think that he killed that many people, or do you think he was using it as a, like, the way I talked about it? Honestly,
1: I normally do not believe any of the prisoners are like, oh, I did this, I did this. But considering... That he's just that fucking crazy? He's, yeah, he's that fucking crazy. He was found guilty based on post-arrest confessions. Yeah. And then there was proof to back up just the ones he got charged with. I think he is definitely one that I would believe he probably did kill more or close to 200 people. Because you got to realize, this goes on for over a decade,
0: over 10 years. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't think of that either. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I will agree with you. I'm going to... And if you do one... Every other week, yeah, it you're would be getting easy. there. So, yeah, I will flip my opinion on it and say that I agree with you. Typically, I don't like flipping my opinion <laughs> that easily, but I will agree with you. I guess you do. You bring up very valid points. He could have easily killed that many people, and there would have been protection behind it, which would bring in if he was supposed to talk about the Gambinos. He would probably have brought up right. those other murders, which would have Absolutely. implicated them. They would have to murder him.
1: Absolutely. And callers, let us know. What do you think? Yeah. Shoot us a message.
0: I always want to know what they think on these. Okay. So I have to ask because I actually, I know that we talked about it, but I don't remember why and how is this related to the season five theme of murderous entertainment?
1: All right. Well, for the final time this season, Richard kuklinski's murder spree actually inspired a 2013 movie now this movie did not win any awards and and it's not like a well-known movie and didn't do good in box office but it did have an a-list cast including michael shannon winona ryder james franco ray leota and even chris evans
0: Wow, that's a lot of a lusters Right, and for it to not do well, I guess, is what's crazy. Do you think it didn't do well because maybe the Gambino family didn't want it to do well? Maybe. But it inspired the 2013
1: movie, The Iceman. Okay. Which, I know you hate monikers and I didn't want to spoil the moniker. That's what they called him. He was the Iceman.
0: I, okay, listen, he he threw the body in the freezer for two years. And killing somebody is putting them on ice. And supposedly he did that to several people, according to his own confessions. Okay. But. I don't like monikers. I typically think they're bullshit. But maybe this moniker is a little fitting. It is. It is. But when I hear the Iceman, all I think is Frosty the fucking Snowman. (laughs) Not a sponsor. Just ice. (laughs) <laughs> Just looking like fucking frosty with ice.
1: Elsa's future husband.
0: Oh god. Ooh. That that would be weird <laughs> or dirty. I don't know which way we want to take this one. There our children that listen once in a while. <laughs> right, right. We're gonna keep it PG thirteen for that part.
1: <laughs> and there you have it, callers. That is our season
0: finale of murderous entertainment. I always say it every season, but I'm so happy this one is done. I'm ready to go on to the next one. Me too. I always like doing the next season. I I always love doing the whole season. But when we get to the end, I'm like, oh, thank God that's done. (laughs) You realize how much of a shit show and traumatic
1: stuff's going on. You're like, man, I'm ready for this to be done.
0: Right. Now, with that, like we've always said, every single episode, and I even talked about it at the beginning, guys, doesn't matter what you have went through, you are always, always, always in charge of your own mental health. So if you or anyone you know is suffering from a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts, please call 988 where there are trained professionals standing by to get you help. Also, if you like this episode, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Don't forget to follow us on the socials, facebook.com slash dead, or follow us on TikTok at callus1dead, where you can see some fun videos of us, or better yet, the cat Jakaris, the sugar gliders, Emma and Regina, or of course, our doggies, Lola and Bailey. Or email us at
1: at yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case, ask questions, suggest some cases, or just to say hi. Also, if any of you callers would like us to give a shout-out or message to someone you know, let us know. But until then,
0: remember to stay strong.
1: Do everything with love. Know there is always hope. And in case you forget, you can always call call us when when you're you're dead.
0: Are you doing it or me? Yep. Richard would beat Charlie to death with a wooden bowl. Oh, man. I don't know if I want to keep that it dowel that. Or rod? Yeah. i okay.
1: I don't know if I want to keep that one in or put it in the blooper. That, that just could be a blooper. Go in there and smash him with a bowl.
0: Yeah.